Hi, this is Marisha for loveyourcreativity.com. This week's interview is with Kenneth Collard. Ken is not only a friend of mine, but a real-life working actor. Recent film credits include Albert Nobbs and Anna Karenina. And on television, well, he's all over it from Skins to the Borgias to Cuckoo. And he's done something like 45 to 50 commercials over the last 10 years as well. So he really gives some great advice. The big takeaway is you've got to come from a place of knowing you can make a living out of this and knowing that you're good. But it's really inspiring. And I spent a lot of time asking him how to basically do more television and film. And uh, it's really worth a listen. So hope you enjoy it. Hello, Ken. Hello, Marisha. Hello. <laughs> this is Marisha for Love Your Creativity, and I'm with Ken Collard. Hello. Hello, okay. who's a friend of mine and uh, an actor. And I always, when I, I do talk about you to uh, other actor friends of mine, particularly when they're uh, having problems not working, and I always go, you need to meet Ken. He's a proper real-life working actor, which is something to say, actually, in itself. What are you working on at the moment? Gosh, I'm working on, uh, what have I got? There's uh, two projects I'm working on at the moment. One is uh, a film called The Fitzroy, mm-hmm. and um, we've done the first main uh, principal photography on it. Finished that last week. Uh, we had to pick up uh, a few days at the end of the month. And uh, I'm also working on uh, new tricks uh, for the BBC. Um, so those two projects at the moment, and just waiting to hear on, uh, on a third if I can squeeze one in, and uh, possibly some more after after that. Great. And you were in Cuckoo as well. Were, are they doing a second series of that now? Yes. Uh, I mean, it's uh, uh, the second series was commissioned quite early on from, from Cuckoo, but it, I think the, the difficulty always is, is trying to get everybody's availability. So, um, in principle, yeah, there's a second series um, penciled for around about September, October. We, we start filming on that. Um, but uh, it really depends on uh, Andy Sandberg's uh, availability um, and and, uh, and Greg's as well as the, the main two. So if they can work for September and October, then that's fantastic. And I think Andy's waiting to hear on a, on a pilot um, that, that he did for Fox, whether it gets commissioned for a series. And if it does, then it shoots over that time, so it'll be delayed even more. But the idea is around September, October, all being well, there'll be a yeah. second series. Well, I know, I just watched you recently, you were doing something with Channel 4 while trying to look at some script for the next day for something else. And, uh, I mean, I know myself, I kind of get busy, but I don't get busy like you get busy. How do you think you, you're such a, like a working actor now? Is it kind of luck? Is it hard work? Is it a bit of both? Mm. I think that's the eternal question, isn't it, for any actor about work. So the starting point um, is that it's absolutely possible. There's no reason why, um, if you're half decent at what, what you do, that, that you cannot work consistently as an actor. There's no reason why you shouldn't. You know, I, I always kind of understood that that percentage was 95% of actors are, are not working at yeah. any one time, 5% are. And, uh, and I remember about, um, it's about 13 years ago, I kind of made that decision that, um, that there's no reason whatsoever why I shouldn't be in that 5% rather than the 95%. And then I kind of set on a journey to, to change that. Um, so the starting point always is that it's possible absolutely possible there's no reason why you can't earn um, a decent living out of what you what you do and what you love uh, and that's where you start and you cultivate that belief uh, and that desire also and, and that's your starting point um, I, yeah I mean I like that because it, because it means that the actions you take from that place are far more positive aren't they yeah yeah I mean also to understand it's um 
it's tough. It's very tough. It's very difficult. It's very difficult uh, trying to get work. And then, of course, when you get work, there's a whole, you know, new set of sort of challenges, isn't it? It's about, you know, the broadening your capacity and and, uh, and going deeper than you, you have done before and, and bringing something even more wonderful than you ever have. So it's, you know, and then, you know, there's so many different facets. So it's, it's never easy. It's not to say it's not joyful or in, uh, enjoyable. Of course it is. You know, but I think if you strive to create something amazing, it, it will always be, um, you know, it will always be challenging. And, and that's a good thing, you know, because a challenge will make you raise your game, isn't it? And if you don't use the challenge in that way, then it kind of stops you and it becomes quite a painful process. Um, and I think also for women, um, you know, especially as actors, you know, the odds are even more stacked against you, you know, because you think very you know, five male parts, there's only one female part, so, you know, the odds are even higher against you, but the point is that it is possible, you know, and that's your starting point, you know, so, so be clear, it's difficult, you know, and I think if you're going to enter into it, you know, thinking it's not, then it's, it's, it's kind of deluded, it's, the reality is it's very tough, um, but possible, and that's what you start with. So if you have, like, a fallow period, is there something you... Is this, do you just keep reminding yourself this is possible and just keep doing things to keep yourself moving forward? Or is there something maybe you say or do or think about? I mean, did you ever get some great advice, for example? I know some people do that go, I can do this. Simon Callow said to me once, keep on trucking, which I always remember, actually, because I said, oh, I asked him for advice about mm. moving forward. We were at a dinner and he said, keep on trucking. It seems to be this idea of forward movement, forward movement, even when it's a bit quiet or there's a, uh, there's a great term um, encouragement actually I have to see if I've got it here on my phone mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah I mean, I mean I think sometimes it's uh, uh, you really have to grit your teeth and get on with it um, I think that there's times um, when it's good and at times when it's not so good and that's uh, you know reality of the business and um, and to, to keep going and I think it's that persistence and uh, of keep going through it that actually you know brings out results i just see if I can find this yeah, sure, it's, um, look. this is actually from Daisaku Okeda um, who's a, a Japanese gentleman uh, quite an incredible human being he's uh, uh, he's the leader of this lay uh, Buddhist uh, organisation called Soka Gakkai uh, it's a movement uh, for peace it's a people's movement a people's movement of change and it always encourages the development of uh, an individual's highest potential but, um, but he wrote, um, if I can read it, he says, Press on. Nothing uh, in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful people with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education alone will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Perseverance and determination alone are omnipotent big word on the end um, and I think that's so true because it's uh, um, because I know the most talented creatives that you know that um, uh, that don't work or don't always find an outlet for it and it's, it's not enough just to have this incredible talent it's persistence you know you've got to keep going got to keep going um, you know which is incredibly difficult at times but but that is how you get the breakthroughs from it you know, you develop a very thick skin. You have to. 
I love that quote. I mean, I did something this weekend um, at the South Bank again, and I, I've had so, many, so much negativity from a couple of uh, teachers I had in the past about my singing work, even while other people really liked it. And if I'd listened to them, I wouldn't have been stood on the balcony singing with thousands of people bringing them in. And, you know, it's, mm. you just think if, if you sometimes listen to the other voices, you have to listen and learn, but equally you have to go, I have this dream and I am going to absolutely go for it. And I'm quite bullheaded and I think that's probably my greatest talent, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Pig-headed, bullheaded, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I think it's difficult to find that... Um determination to carry on isn't it because it's easy for me to sit here and read that out and say yes you know you need persistence determination and it's fine but the reality is isn't it there's moments when you're just banging your head against brick wall mm. and it's just where in those moments do you find that that encouragement to to continue um the crucial thing is that you do find it and actually it's okay it's okay sometimes to think do you know what i've had enough or or this i don't you know this is uh you know or to to being in those places is absolutely fine, you know, because as, you know, as I'm saying, it's a tough, tough journey. But the important thing is what do you do once you're in those, in those places? Great, feel it and experience it, but move on, pick yourself up. And how? Um, I mean, there's many ways, isn't there? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's important that you surround yourself with good friends, with good people, isn't it, that, uh, that encourage you um, and, and encourage you to keep going uh, and not to give up on that. Um, yeah, no, I think, and that's partly why I did, I've been doing the Love Your Creativity. Sometimes people around you don't understand what you're trying to do. Mm. They, um, they love you, but they don't get why you want to sing or act or write or paint. Mm. And you should be getting on with other, other things that maybe make more money, etc., or are more traditional. And I think it is good to have any place you can kind of go and give yourself guidance to move on, really. Yeah. So, so I've set myself a goal um, of doing some telly for the next, in six months, by November mm. 18th. So, I wasn't going to ask this, but now having seen you, I think, because I think, think it might be quite useful. If I want to go and do some telly, given I am trained and I have been oh. doing lots of shorts, yeah. what would you say to me or anyone else about getting on to do more uh, work that way, for example? Mm. I think everything starts with a decision, doesn't it? Um, I think uh, as human beings, we're, we're a lot more powerful than sometimes we uh, allow ourselves to believe. So, the starting point always in life isn't that you make a decision, life responds to decision. You know, if there's uncertainty, then kind of life responds to that uncertainty. So I think the starting point always is make a decision, isn't it? And, I've, mm -hmm. you know, especially in the past, I've always encouraged you to set goals to work towards something. Yeah. You know, it, um, um, and you can just measure then where you're going throughout the year. Um, so, so how? Um, I think back in around about 2000. Two, I decided to stop doing theatre and focus uh, and try and carve out some kind of path or, or career in television and film. Yeah. Um, um, only because that's kind of where I saw my future. Um, I think there's practical stuff that you need to get in place. So, you know, as we spoke about earlier, what's important, you know, again, this is, this is my feelings on it and other people will have different yeah, feelings, yeah. No. But, but my feelings. Absolutely crucial is that, that you have a real... This is a showreel. Um, so important, I think, because if, you're, um, if you've not done much telly or any telly, there's a good chance that the casting directors may not know you or have seen your work. Um, so they will want to know or see your work, and, uh, and a great way to do that is a showreel. I mean, I've got some showreel, but my agent hates it, so therefore I've gone, OK. So I've ended up, A, doing lots of shorts, which mm. I'm waiting for those to come through. Mm. Um, 
But then you go, do I then go and get a showreel made? There's that kind of, kind of conversation which I'm umming about. I think. We'll... But there's a great um, uh, little piece on Spotlight today. Um, Spotlight, as in the, yeah. the actors' directory uh, online, mm-hmm. uh, from Amy Hubbard, uh, amazing casting director, really yeah. wonderful person as well. And uh, and they selected three showreels at random. And she uh, had a look at them and then kind of did a, an appraisal of, of each of the three. And on Spotlight, you can view the showreel and you can look at the points that she's making. Okay. Um, so showreel um, has to be brilliant, doesn't it? Yes. Because this is your introduction, maybe for the first time, to somebody. So it has to be brilliant because that's how, they're gonna, that's how their opinion of you is going to be informed by what they see. So it's got to be brilliant. Uh, and you shouldn't accept anything... Um, less. This is about you and building your brand, isn't it? So absolutely important that it's uh, as brilliant as you can absolutely make it. Um, and also that it's short. Um, uh, I think uh, Amy on there suggests something like three minutes or so, which I think, you know, again, is, is, is good. Um, so, yeah, crucial to get a showreel, um, and it's got to be brilliant. In terms of filming scenes, yeah, if it looks absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing, then, um, then I'm sure that's fine. You know, uh, again, the stuff that you choose from, you know, from the short films you've done, um, great. It's a good way to, to build a confidence in front of the lens and also, you know, to get a reel. But, but make sure, you know, that whatever you show, uh, it's brilliant. It's got to be. You've got that three-minute opportunity or one minute, you know, for them to say, yes, let's bring them in. Let's take a punt here. I don't know this person, but let's bring them in. You know, so it's so important that uh, it's, it's yeah. your calling card, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting because you end up in a catch-22, is my stuff good enough not really to be brilliant? But then mm. you go, well, you have to find ways to determine, right, I'm going to find a way to break through this because... Mm. Yeah. So, so I think good to, to get showreels. So in terms of then, what else can you do to, to get into to television? So I guess it depends if you're represented or not, if you've got an agent or not. So if you have an agent, then it's good to have that meeting, you know, to set up a meeting, say, look, this is, this is where I want to go, you know, and what can we do together to make that happen? Um, also be clear on, you know, so television is quite broad, you know, so, so what do you, specifically when you say television, what, you know, be, be aware of the kind of work that you want to do, so, you know, from the stuff you see on telly, you know, look who the producer is, the director is, get to know their work, look who's casting it, the casting director, you know, those are the people that you really want to be meeting, if that's the kind of work you want to do, so again, that's, you know, you have that conversation with, uh, with your agent also, um, I think if you uh, don't have an agent, then that's slightly different. I think um, again, you know, there's a get a good reel, but there's there's no reason why you can't, uh, you know, I suppose drop a, a letter to or drop your stuff off to to the casting director and and say, look, you know, really love the kind of work you're doing. This is my reel. We've not met before. If you get a chance, please do have a look and you know maybe follow up in a couple of weeks. But I mean, always respectively because. You know, they get a thousand of those a week. Yeah, exactly. No, of course. I think it's about, as you say, I mean, I've always been told, right, when you're in something, which you do. And, and I mean, normally, because I do obviously more theatre stuff, generally they, one will turn up maybe every, you know, every two shows. Yeah. So, but even the fact if you get one there to a production, it's always, of course, a celebration. Kind yeah. of thing, really. So, mm. <laughs> you're like, yes, a casting director's come to see my mm. work. Your route was obviously agent and then did you then go and politely harass the casting directors and directors did you contact directors directly uh did you 
try and move all that um, effort through your agent or did you do a lot of work on the side of your agent when you were starting off? I know so you're slightly different now because obviously people know your work and know who you are now. I think um, when, I, when I left drama school, um, I went straight into West End and then a tour uh, for 11 months. Um, and then after 11 months, uh, when I stopped touring, I uh, got an agent, a commercial agent. Um, and that wasn't so great. I think uh, they were more kind of good at managing rather than proactively sort of getting work. And I think for about a year or so, kind of sat there with pretty much not much. Um, and I was then, I think, getting PCR or something. And when I saw something PCR, I would ring them and be a bit awkward. And they would maybe submit me or not, or make a call or not. It was all a bit awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I left them after about um, a year and then went to another commercial agent, which was uh, uh, certainly a step up in terms of that relationship. Yeah. Um, but then I, I was only probably with them for about a year and a half or so, and then I went to a cooperative, an actors' cooperative for ten years. Um, and at that point, and where I was, it was a fantastic thing to do. Mm. You know, I really learned about the business, uh, how it worked. I learned about negotiating. I learned about contracts. Um, I, I learned about who the cast um, directors were, who the companies were. It was a, a fantastic way to learn about the business. You know, it's not it's not the perfect uh, representation for everybody, no. and um, you know there's certain points in your career where you're probably uh, better not to go there, and and sometimes certain points in your career where it's good to go there. You know you have to make that choice, uh, but I ended up being with them for ten years, managed to build up a, a half decent CV, uh, and then from then uh, left and went back to the commercial side rather than the cooperative side. Um, again, went to to one. Uh, agent, I had a terrible track record as I need there for a year. I, I mean, I did very well with them, but yeah. um, it wasn't the kind of representation I wanted, and, and so I moved. And I've I've been with the current agent for three years, and they're great. Um, Can so, I ask who you're with now? Um, yeah, with uh, Debbie Allen Associates. Um, very, very good. Um, so how? So really working. So when I was in the cooperative, and I made that decision to move away from theatre and, and start doing film television. So the first thing you do, I mean, when you're in a cooperative, you see what's coming in, you know, so you know what's being cast. Um, and so it was an emphasis of really, with the agency making a bigger emphasis of, of submitting me um, uh, for that kind of work in the, in the same, at the same time, building up a, a, a showreel through doing short films or anything that I could. So then I had some kind of uh, calling card that they could see, see mm-hmm. my work. And very slowly, um, over the few years, uh, I started to, to get meetings and then, and then uh, the work came through. Um, and kept on going. No, no, it's good. It's interesting. Yeah, so if you're, but I think if you if you don't have an agent, then um, then then how how do you do it? Again, it's uh, you know do your research. You know where you, who do you want to work with and, and what kind of work you want to do. Um, I think as you're saying, if you're doing a theatre show, fantastic. If you're going to write to you know casting directors, you know as you said, I think it's good that you've got something to tell them rather than it's just like, hi, stalking again. Yeah, yeah. hello, my name is... Yeah, so it's good to say, well, look, I'm in this show, please come and see it. Yeah, yeah. You know, or if not, look, I've just had a new reel cut, please, please have a look. Yeah, Um, I mean, it's interesting, though, because I've just done, I said, three shorts, I'm about to do another, like, a low-budget feature. I've just done a narration for a pedigree poultry documentary. So cute. (laughs) Um, And I thought, actually, I've got enough to write a letter you know, I've done yeah. enough things, but then I'm yeah. like, should I be waiting for the showreel? But then I'm like, well, as we know, 
editing can take different amounts of time and mm. I'm thinking I should just need to do the writing I just need to sit there and do as you say and get get mm. get writing again really. but I think also it's a lot stronger if it comes from your agent you see ah, okay. so if you have an agent then well you're paying them um, you know and, and there's a there's a function that they do and, and um, you know one of that is is to be able to you know make inroads for you so it's a lot stronger if it comes from an agent you know, if they if they make that call and they have that relationship, say, well, you know, look, let's, uh, you know, do you have five minutes and, and let Marisha come in and you can meet her. Okay. So it's a lot stronger in, in that way. Um, I think it's certainly when you get to a certain level in, in your work, uh, you probably end up writing less and less letters and, and your agent, uh, the emphasis is more and more uh, of the agent doing that. And you're, you know, if you hear stuff or there's projects that you've heard about that you want to do, you know, you liaise with your agent and they do that work, it's a lot stronger. Um, so it can also undermine, I think, the agent sometimes if the actor's writing many letters and they're trying to and it's pulling in two different ways. Okay. So it's good to have that conversation with the agent saying, yeah. look, you know, this is what I want to do. What do you think? You know, what's going to be the most effective? What's your relationship with this particular casting director? Um, is it possible you can make a call to get me in for a general, just to meet them? I love that kind of work they're doing. This is my reel and it matches it. It would be great to have that meeting. Yeah, yeah. And, and to get your agent to do the work, because ultimately that's what you're paying your commission yeah, for, absolutely. isn't it, when, when the work comes through? Yeah, um, Yeah. no, that's good. So, I, yes, in that case, I, I might write the letter and then when I get the show reel, then get him on the, him on the phone to do the next bit. I think also I've got to watch more telly. I mean... I know we've talked about kind of you having to pick yourself back up again, but how do you actually deal with also? Because you, I know you get really busy. You've got, you know, social, you've got your life, you've got the fact, am I or am I not dying my hair for this project when I'm doing something else? I mean, how do you kind of keep all the balls in the air? Or do you just kind of just get very kind of uber-focused at one thing at a time? Because sometimes you can't, though, can you? Because right. I know as an artist, I sometimes like to go, this is all I'm doing. But then when you get the call going, oh, as I've got, I've got an audition later in the week, I know I've got to take some time out to, to focus on that as well. I think it um, depends on the person, doesn't it? Because um, I, I think I'm kind of at my best when I'm busy. Um, um, but that's not for everybody. You know, sometimes it is a bit overwhelming when you've got lots of uh, meetings come through and you get a script through one afternoon and then you've got to go and parent yeah. and be off the page 10 pages by you know by the next day um but you do it because that's what you do that's what you get paid to do um yeah um, yeah I, I remember having a, a meeting for um I'm not going to say what for it's for mm -hmm. the BBC what the project was and I had the call through um you know the the script came through on I don't know something like a Thursday lunchtime and it was 16 pages long and and it says, can you be off the book, off page, by tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock meeting? Um, and, and also what I was kind of having to do was, was way out of kind of my, what I normally would do for the character. And it's just like, you know, so, so you know, I think, um, I think we're, what, what makes uh, amazing people, isn't it, is when they are in those situations and they make it happen. It's easy to kind of think, well, I'm not going to be able to do it, and why? And I think they shouldn't, and you know, gosh, to ring me up at this late and expect yeah, me. And yeah, yeah, well, yeah. it is what it is, and it's the way the business is, so make it work, you know. So I just knuckled down and did, you know, absolutely the best I could up till you know one thirty in the morning, working on the script, you know, making choices, thinking, well, look, the meeting's going to be probably fifteen minutes. They're not going to do sixteen pages of script. Prioritize it. What do you think they're going to do? And then started to prioritize it, work on it. 
you know, get as much off the page um, and find, you know, the kind of character and, um, and go there having won over yourself, you know, and it was the most amazing meeting, most amazing meeting. Um, can, can I ask on that? You said what you normally do. I mean, how do you prepare for an audition, especially in those situations? Are you very much character focused? Any tips you can give us? No, because, I mean, you know, again, it's all different, isn't it? I don't know. So if I get... See, the thing is, you get a script through, so you've got to read 60 pages of script. Mm -hmm. And then from that, sometimes you get the brief which says, um, uh, choose any scene that you want or prepare all scenes. And you think, right, so in this short space of time, I have to read, on top of everything else, this 60-page script or 120-page script and go through all the scenes and get them off the page, and so again you make choices. So, um, I, I don't know, it's character-focused. I think the first thing is just trying to get a through line of, of where they start, or where they, you know, where they are, and where they end up. And I think if you can get that overview, um, that the next stage is to kind of um, uh, understand who this person is and bring something of yourself to it and make it live. Um, I had a, you know, the, the job actually I'm doing at the moment, one of the ones I was, I'm working on this, was working on this film and, you know, again, didn't finish till 9.30 at night and then sort of back here. And again, sometimes it means, you know, working till one in the morning, trying to get your head round it. But actually, that's what it takes and it pays off. I think uh, sometimes English actors can be quite lazy in, in um, you know, going to a meeting and, and not having done that groundwork. In America, it's very different. You know, it's a, each audition is a precious opportunity. It really is. And... Um, and I, I feel, you know, I try, and I, I don't always succeed, but that I treat it as such. Um, you know, you have three minutes or five minutes to, to be brilliant, um, or 15 minutes sometimes depends. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's important, that preparation, absolutely, that, that, that preparation beforehand, and as I say, will vary for different people mm -hmm. on how you prepare. But... Um, yeah, important. Be off the page. Be off the page. Um, so important. And, yeah. and come with ideas as well. And also be prepared to throw everything out the window and start again when you're in the room. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, it's the same with commercials. I mean, the, the commercial castings is, you know, there's a there's a way actually. There's a technique. You know, you see there's a there's a pool of actors that book commercials all the time. You see them on the circuit. You know, I think over the over ten years, I've probably done about forty-five, fifty commercials. Right. You understand there's a kind of a technique to it, and you get your you get into that frame of mind. Um, yeah, I mean that's another conversation yeah, itself on how true. to book sort of commercial castings and. Uh, oh, I might have to come back another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, but just to kind of finish, really, the the, the yep. point is is um. Yeah, um, persistence, absolute persistence and believe, cultivate that belief in yourself that you can make this uh, happen and that you can be successful and that you are a brilliant actor and that you are worth something and you should be treated as such and cultivate that belief and surround yourself with, uh, you know, good friends and, uh, and, and never, never, never give up on it, never, you know, see it through to its natural conclusion. Yeah. Sounds like a good way to finish. Yeah. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Marisha. Good to see you again. <laughs> yes, always. Thanks. So I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly did. You can get hold of Ken through his website, ourofthedog.com. That's ourofthedog.com. 
I hope you move forward from this feeling newly inspired. Thanks for listening. This is Marisha at Love Your Creative. The next interview coming up is with Ryan James Locke, who has written a fantastic ebook called Be Your Own Publicist. So I'm going to talk to him about how we as creatives can build our brand and market ourselves and some really good stuff there. So if you like the podcast, it'd be very good if you could rate it for me on iTunes as that helps to get other people listening. Thanks.